Hello, welcome to another Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Conn. I'm delighted to be joined by Record Sports Michael Gannon and Graham Young. Guys, how are you both? Very well. All very well. Morning, chaps. You feel the, the festive spirit? Certainly, I'm a man with a nice, nice favourite. We steak pie dinner yesterday at Hamden. That's the start of the, the festive grub, mate. So we're, we're away now, aren't we? Then we can lose it all in January. Very much so. I could, I could um, I've asked for Santa to leave his trousers for Christmas. <laughs> That's quite a good request. I might do that myself. Um, I don't, need, don't need to bother the belt. <laughs> um, since we last did the Celtic podcast, obviously the one plus side was that Celtic ended the Champions League Hoodoo. They got a win over, over Feyenoord, which was a, a you know a really good result, good performance. But probably more pertinently, the game at the weekend, Celtic now hearts two. Um, I don't even know where to start with, Graham. I mean, you, you saw the game. Was it as bad as, as the kind of reaction as you'd have you believe? Yes. 100%. I think that's the most galling element where the performance, even at 0-0, looked off. It looked bad at 1-0 and even worse at 2-0 and then there was no real comeback. Obviously, if you, you watch maybe six minutes of highlights, you'll see a few chances, but it wasn't that type of game. And I think everybody could see quite early on something was going awry and I think that sums it up, doesn't it? Like for, so if you start with St. Johnson half-time um, like, blast into the dressing room for Rodgers and since then obviously got a reaction second half and against Hibs but the Commandant game, we know what Commandant were able to do and I think all the feelings were in, encapsulated in this one game it was it was a, a litany of errors, there was so many issues in terms of so Kyogo's obviously the lack of goals has been evident, but he wasn't really in a position of it to do anything. Mikey Johnson, uh, be fair to him, that was as, as bad as it gets for him in terms of it. The, all the, the fears over him as a player came out in that game. He was he was weak in the tackle, couldn't really beat a man, too easily brushed off the ball, so there was problems there. Uh, with Callum McGregor, I think everybody's noted on that. He was doing the job of many people. David Turnbull, there's a perfect example of this non fear that he's not fit to play in the Celtic team and contributing the way bar the goals. That was evident, hooked at half time. Um the full backs as well, I don't think Johnson Taylor were at their best. I don't think they're asked to do or they're not put in the position they were last season to thrive. They just the issues are really endless and um I think that a, a big thing is the substitutes. I think that's becoming a kind of real worry for fans in terms of I think for a guy like Paulo Bernardo, I don't think any would think he's been incredible for Celtic, but he's shown flashes maybe in the Champions League. But then the same player can't play domestically or is not getting opportunities to play much domestically. Bernabai came off the bench and it's the same. He he really is a careless football player. That's been a, a really poor signing because he's never been able to give Greg Taylor... He's not a viable option to push Greg Taylor out of the team. And when he came off the bench, he's playing as a left winger, a bit like Frame was the other night. But he's, these danger passes inside, and Cal McGregor's having to take a perfect touch with three guys around him. It's just, but that was Bernabé in this case off the bench. In the next game, it will be someone else, and it will. There is no. That's the, the most. Without I know Rogers. I think he's pretty honest in his assessment and admit apologising to supporters. But there is no structure here. There is no guarantees about the way they're going to play it. Things change on a whim, players, personnel, McGregor's going back, going forward, all start sometimes, Kyogo still, even though he's back the team, there's been no real spark since he's returned. 
Um, I love it. Sometimes football fans, you can make the argument about sack the board chance and Celtic dominance is that. That's a different argument purely on the football this season. Celtic fans have got every reason to worry because there is no cohesion. There doesn't seem like an obvious plan or a way out. You, I, I think the performances were of concern before the results started going south. And now that they are, I think it's just maybe reinforcing what the, 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 the type of things that fans have been worried about all season. Max, see, see, just on the subsequently, well, because I'll forget this. Do you not think that? Ro- do you think Rogers is maybe playing a little bit of a game in the sense that I, I couldn't, I couldn't work out why Bernabeu went on the weekend either. But was it maybe Rogers saying to the Celtic hierarchy, "Look, this is what I've got. This, these are the players I have. I need improvements." Well, you can you can say that using words in meetings and face to face. You don't need to say that in jeopardy. I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy this idea that that. that any time Celtic lose under Rodgers, it's a coded message to the board about uh, resources or signings and all that stuff. I don't get that. I, I, I don't think that's... Maybe once or twice you can do that if you're having to call on certain players, but I, I, I don't see that as a as a credible way of operating at any, any kind of level. Um, underperforming to show up deficiencies isn't a strategy. Um, there's a league to be won here. There's a, a bounty at the end of this season, the Champions League next year, which is bigger than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is huge. I mean, direct entry into the Champions League, which Brazil should be and need to be and need to do better in as well. So, no, I'm not buying that. That excuse that it's some sort of Morse code blinking message to the board. The board are watching the games as well. Um, Celtic just now, this, the thing that's the problem now is that, that if, if Saturday was a one off in isolation event, you could go, well, it was a bad day, injuries, etc. Bad day at the office, you could write it off. But it's not. This has been coming for a long time. Um, it's, I mean, Rogers himself said he wasn't surprised. Nobody was surprised because it's been coming. The performances this season have not been very good. I mean, there's been a couple of high points played decent against Hibs at home. The Aberdeen game, it's a bit, it's a bit weird actually. They haven't scored three goals in the last 90 odd minutes to put a right, a right shine on it. Um, but there's not been enough. I mean, the Rangers result was huge. I'll beat that game because it was an knife edge all, all, all day. Um, but the promises in general haven't been great. A couple of things, Champions League, a couple of bits here and there that have been decent Champions League, a couple of good goals, Champions League, a couple of good combinations. But in general, it's been pretty poor this season. Um, bounced at the League Cup, the first hurdle. They haven't sat back and watched the, the, the big rivals winning the trophy on, on Sunday. Um, we know the summer was a shambles. I mean, the recruitment in the summer is, is will go down as one of the worst summers uh, they've ever had in terms of recruitment. I mean, 10 players brought in. To me, I don't think any of them are much cop. Um, Lewis Palmer just about gets past marks, I think, because he's got a whip on him uh, in terms of a delivery and a, and, a, and a goal on him. But he doesn't particularly fit the way Celtic need to play. He's not a man that hits the byline particularly. He's not really that quick. Um but we'll give him a, a place in the squad. I think. I think he big a guy. He's very much to me a, a bit like um, Haksabanovic. Is he better than Haksabanovic? Maybe marginally. I don't know. Um, Haksabanovic is now currently on loan. Bizarrely, another weird decision that was made by the club this year. Um, a guy who's who has had the ability to to make things happen at times. When you see the players that are playing this season, in wide areas, is he better than Yang? No contest. Better Mickey Johnson. No contest. Um, 
James Forrest, who I, I think is is a tremendous servant. Would he be getting a head of Axe this season? Doubt it. Um, the, the, the mistakes that get made this season are actually un, unfathomable what they've done this. If you go for a position of strength, listen, I get it. You lose Jota, huge loss. Absolutely huge loss to the team. Um, and you're not going to replace Jota. You just don't, right? Um, but you need to try to get something as close to that as, as you can. Didn't do it. Um, guys like Marco Tellio, who knows? A couple of times. I mean, he spent more. He spent less time in the pitch than the mascots so far. So we don't know. But who knows? Running about the last ten minutes of games a couple of times is not, not, not going to show us what he's got. We have to assume he's not got enough to push for the squad yet. If he's, he can't get past Mickey Johnson and Yang, it's unbelievable that Celtic are putting out a team like they did the weekend, given the strength we're in in the summer. It really, is unbelievable. And, and listen, you can say that the recruitment is not the manager's responsibility. Mm, sorry, rubber stamps all the deals. Not having that. Came in June. Um, I, I can get why he distanced himself from the, the signings, but the manager always carries can. I mean, I don't. I mean, you don't come in. If you come in October and you're left with another manager's team, you can say, yeah, I don't buy these guys. But you're in charge. You buy them. Unfortunately, that's on the manager. The recruitment department have to offer better alternatives, but it's everyone to blame for that. Not just not just one area of the, the team. The team itself, listen, eight of that team on Saturday were involved in a treble winning team last season, should do better. I've got some sympathy for guys that are the kind of stalwarts, the guys like your McGregor's, your Hearts, um, Greg Taylor, um, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Kyogo. These guys are trying to carry the team um, and make up for the deficiencies in other areas. Um, and it's clearly weighing on them very heavily. So that's maybe perhaps my idea, not, not cutting it. But you can't see any. You don't know really. You can't really see what they're trying to do at the moment. They're caught between styles. Are they going for a new style? Are they reverting back to the old style? It's at the moment. It's neither. Um, and I say we've had this. We've seen it all season. I mean, it's not. This is not a, a one-off. I mean, sort of against Hibs away, St Johnston at home, Motherwell at home, St Johnston away for for, for forty-five minutes. Um, saw it come out in the cup. Uh, I say Europe hasn't even good enough. I mean, you can dress that up. I mean, this, this thing about they played well in spells in Europe, it's not cutting it. Celtic get the easiest Champions League group they could ever wish for. None of the guys in that group are going to win the Champions League. Every group's got a team in it that wants to win the Champions League. None of these teams in that group are going to win the Champions League. None of them are even going to come close to win the Champions League. Mm. So this was a night. This would, if they were ever going to get to the knockout stage of the Champions League, which, by the way, in these days is a nigh impossible feat, if they're going to do it, they get a group like they got this year. But they went into that group ill-prepared, um, ill-equipped. Yeah, I take the point. Injuries did not help, right? That didn't help. But it wasn't so long ago when people would say, we don't know Celtic's strongest start in 11 because the bench is so strong. Whereas now, you don't even know what can make up a start in 11 because it's so weak. And how they got to that position is actually unbelievable. No, no. And Graham, Roger said, obviously... I think it was the St Johnston game the first half was the angriest he'd ever been in his managerial career at full time at the weekend he looked absolutely livid but as Mick says he, I mean surely he has to he has to take his brunt of the, the, the blame as well I mean he's, he's talked about he needs quality and stuff but there's plenty of time in the summer to get it right surely yeah I think I think quality's been the word hasn't it non-stop quality quality and it's obviously anything but quality that they have um but I think there is a balance here in terms of Rodgers. So 
there, there would be sympathy. I get Mick's point about he's a final man that signs off players, but one bad window doesn't make a manager, so he speaks. But, but with Rodgers, there's been, I think there is the, the point Mick made there about caught, caught between styles. That's what it feels like. You still see fullbacks inverting, but I don't think they're inverting for the reasons they did last year. They opened teams up, but it's not the same. Nothing looks the same. And I think you're saying he was livid St. Johnson. I, I think there's been like disappointment in the Kilmarnock game. Or like, and there was maybe a, a resignation to their fate almost on Saturday. Like, it was a really tough, tough words as well. Like, I think it was quietly the way it wasn't some grandiose statement about the angriest I've ever been, but just very clearly saying what upset him. He, he only named a couple of players that for pass marks. Um, made the point very clearly that Carl McGregor was doing more than one person's job and David Turnbull comes off at half-time, so I don't think you need to be Poirot to work out what the issue was there. And I, th- I, th- I think the problem is, well, Carl McGregor was really good after the game when he said, we need to find quality. Again, I know he's echoing his manager, but I'm not saying it was off the script, but Carl McGregor's the ultimate club man, isn't he? He speaks on behalf of the club, but I felt there was an appreciation for the captain, for a manager who's served him well for a long time in two spells, that this is it. You need to find, if we don't find the missing parts, the Starfelt's, the Jotas in January. Well, Starfelt probably, defence has actually been, but that's another issue in itself with Narocci. Is he better than Scales? Can he push? Do he settle for Scales or can Narocci come in? But it's very apparent for manager, captain, support or anyone that this is fixable, but it has to be fixed as well in, in the most extreme way like proper quality signings and but does that the other argument straight on top of that does that fix the tactical issues will two really good signings mitigate all the problems that have been shown in the first half of the season I think that's the biggest um, unknown for Celtic now because let's be honest Philippe Clement come in at Rangers and he's just a, a calmness getting things working I think that best performance Let's be honest, that's that's the ultimate mark of him as a manager. There was a proper uh, skeleton squad going over there and won the game with that, and then that's obviously pushed into the final. Celtic know they're in a title race, um, and now it, it really is the time to get it right in the transfer window. They have to find something to really alter the kind of trajectory of this season. Aye, I mean, we obviously saw during the game as well, Mick, that it was the board during the game getting a lot of the stick. Um, and you can kind of see why. You, we've mentioned them in this podcast, players like Jota, even players like Aaron Moy, Rog, Rogic as well, Starfelt. These players have all started every week last season, pretty much. And none of them have been replaced adequately. They've all been replaced with, you know, project players. I mean, can oh, you but, understand? I, I, this is what I think. But, that, but that's all. That's not a new thing. Not a new thing. Um, they still spent 20 million quid in the summer. No, no. Um, you can't. You can't. I mean, four million quid for Naroki, Naroski, um, three million quid for Lagerbelka. I mean, they're expensive projects. Um, the rest are one and two million guys that are, are, are punts that they always make, and some of them come good. Listen, it's not about the the, the project. It's about the player. I mean, Matt Riley arrived for one point five from MK Dons in the January. By the way, he was second choice. Celtic were after uh, Riley, Riley McCree uh, went to Middlesbrough. Aye. The, the Aussie boy. Aussie boy. Um, quite close to getting him. Didn't get him. 
and then went and got O'Reilly instead. Um, and he's turned into he will make Celtic probably twenty million pound plus when he got does go maybe in the summer. Uh, we hope not January. Um, so the it, it, projects it doesn't it's not about the, the, the this project player. It's just signing players and Celtic. Have, well, I've not always just signed one and two million pound players and hope for the best. Right? They spent six million in Carter Vickers and six million plus on Jota on the same window. Mm-hmm. Um, they spent the go back. He spent Rogers' first spell. Spent nine million pound on Austin Edward, a project but a higher level project. So it's, it spent seven million quid on Christopher Julian. The money is there to be spent on decent players. They will have went for players in the summer of a higher bracket, and they didn't get them. That's a problem. What the problem then becomes is they didn't get option one, two, or three. They didn't get they didn't go from the six million pound target to the next six million pound target and and get one of those guys in that bracket. They just got. The majority of players they got were in the bottom bracket of the, the kind of punts, which are fine if that's to supplement the squad rather than improve the team. They did not improve the team. And as the longer the window went on, I, I'm surprised they didn't make do better business towards the end of the window. I mean, they brought, they brought in Paolo Bernardo on loan. Um, for some reason, seems to be played in Europe, but not so much in the home games. Um, if he's not got the tools to compete... In Scotland, what what set of data or scouting assumed that, that it'd be good enough then? That, again, it's because back to the kind of haphazard recruitment of the summer. It's like what what if that if he isn't equipped for Scotland, the night the vast majority of games are in Scotland, the key to the Champions League fortunes are in Scotland. If he's not used in Scotland, he's not used. Period. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't understand. Um, even listen, Nat Phillips came in as, a, as an emergency kind of loan during a period when the, the injuries came in injured. So what was the point? Uh, also, not great at short range passing. Turns out not great at much at Celtic so far. What was the thinking behind that one? Now they've got seven centre halves, and and probably one of them is acceptable at this point in time. Um, bizarre, just bizarre decisions getting made. I don't know if it was an underestimating of of what was required. Um, I just don't. I mean, I've got a wee bit of sympathy for for the for the Celtic board. Listen, I made mistakes in, in certain things, and this ongoing row with supporters. Um, I get I get all that, and I get that frustration. Um, but handing a, a manager twenty million quid in the summer to go and build a team, not, not that. I don't think there's that much wrong with that. Um, I think the fact they've got a lot of money in the bank, and I think this summer the board strategy had to shift in the summer. I think that's why the frustration at the board is, is there because uh, listen, Celtic have been dominating Scottish for for a decade plus. They've won everything in sight most most seasons. Uh, it's not they can't really complain that it doesn't go right, and there's a long long way to go the season. But if you're sitting with that kind of money in the bank, it was a big opportunity for Celtic. The Champions League doors were starting to close again in terms of automatic qualification. They had to to raise the levels in the summer. They had to buy better players to improve the team from last year. To compete better in Europe, to make sure they're in Europe next year for the big shake-up with this new group stage, to make more money, to reinvest it, and get on this virtuous cycle of taking the team to different levels. If you don't get better, I don't. If you stand still, you're going backwards in football. Instead of going backwards at a rate of knots, but they missed the opportunity in the summer to really put the foot down and build something that would endure for a longer period of time. Uh, and now they're in a position they have to scramble to claw back to where they were 12 months ago. Um, and this match what happens in football it, nothing is, is, is certain, nothing's guaranteed it's not a linear process for any club they, they, they can rise and fall squad 
changes. Players go, players come in. Some are good, some not so good. Some are fantastic. And at least like, it's, a, it's not an exact science. But I think Celtic fans are frustrated. And I can agree with it to a point that the chance was missed in the summer to really hammer home the advantage and take the club up a level. And I think when, when Brendan Rodgers came back in, punter thought, well, here we go. They've, went, they've made a serious appointment. Forget all the stuff about the vote moaning about Rodgers in the last time and all that stuff. That was all petty nonsense, right? They went and got a manager of pedigree. You think, this is it. This is the time they're going to push on and capitalise from position of strength. And they haven't. Mm-hmm. And that's so true as well, Mick. See, you're talking about the seasons. Celtic have been so dominant for so long. But if this season goes awry, what, what two seasons to get it wrong? Ten in a row season, missed opportunity. In the new Champions League next season, it's unbelievable how much it's changing. So you get two extra games, more money, and it does open up because you're playing, seven di- you're playing eight different <laughs> So you could... So if you go in a group, I think Celtic have been pretty fortunate in the last two Champions League groups, right? But the luck could happen for a third time. They could play maybe two or three teams. They're all for different seedings, but you might just get certain teams out of form. A manager's just been sacked. Or what? There's an opportunity. If you finish that top 24, you've guaranteed two more games, which makes it 10. That's the equivalent of reaching the quarter-final stages now. It's an incredible opportunity. So right. even... Now, you talk about missing the chance this summer. It's Celtic, after all these years of dominance, and the, I mean, Peter Law being a member of the European Association and being aware of the sh- kind of shifting sands in European football, if they didn't even get the chance, if they miss out on Champions League automatically or through the, the qualification process, it's just, it'd be such a missed opportunity for a, such a long period of sustained dominance to then hand it to Rangers in the sense that Rangers then push on and get their opportunity to go for it as well. So that's why it's so important, and I don't think there can be any other outcome bar a real reaction in January in terms of transfers, because this is what Celtic have been building. Well, you say they've been building towards, and they still probably don't set themselves up for this season's Champions League, or arguably last, but it would be an incredible missed opportunity if they don't get that chance to go in a, 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 a new Champions League, the first voyage of it, and see what it offers for them. I mean, listen, there's a long way to go in the title race. And I, and I still think that, that Celtic have got a guy in charge who knows what to do, what needs to be done. And I think he, and he, I think that's a big a big bonus uh, for them. Um, but I, I do think it is quite incredible that, that Celtic could, are in danger of going behind getting into the new year against the Rangers team who now got a trophy on the, on the sideboard who binned their manager... <laughs> already this season they were in such a poor state they binned their manager and then within a couple of short months they're, they're within striking distance of going top and I've got and the first leg of a potential treble and it's mind-blowing to get to that stage that, this stage this is, well, that is mad the frog march a manager off the premises um, not so long ago it was that bad um, so yeah there's a lot of work to be done um, and January's a, a really hard market as well so it's um, but it's you get the sense that it's all kind of self-inflicted with Celtic at the moment. Um, and listen, the other side of the coin is they are still top of the league and all that kind of stuff, and a long way to go. But major, major work required mm-hmm. in the next few weeks. See, the the one area of the team that I think stands out to a lot of people is is the striking department. I mean, Kyogo, we all know, you know, top class player. He's he's a hero to the Celtic fans, but he's obviously out of form at the minute. He's for whatever reason, he's got one goal in twelve games. Um, and I get I'm asking you both to kind of 
get your crystal balls out, but do you think this reaction will spark a big change in January? Do you think Celtic, if the player is there, will go above and beyond? Graham, I mean, you, you mentioned it there, you, you know, that it might, but do you think it will? I think it's a necessity to do so, but as Mick points out there as well, look, January is brutal. It's a, it's a month of loans, isn't it? It's like when you find players on the fringes of Premier League squads and they fit a profile. I think for these guys, the five, six million pound players that Celtic want to sign, like the emerging European talents, um, I think Narotri, for all he's not played, would fit that profile. If he comes to pass and makes a grade, but I think if he, the, the, the fee paid for him would fit that kind of optimum Celtic profile. For those type of players, it's hard to get in January. It really is. It's difficult deals to do. I know there's been the, the left-back Thiago Arojo and Estrell. He, he seems to that type of player. He's of that kind of uh, fee as well. So maybe he is one. But I think it is a necessity. It's got to be done. There's there's no... Whatever it takes to get it over the line has to happen because the squad has been... Oh, look at already here. The, the injury list as well. That's another maybe slight misnomer where there's not been as... It's never been 10 or 12 players out. There's always been a couple of key players out. But really, that maybe shows the feelings in the squad as well, where when Amaid is out, there's opportunities for a, a Mikey Johnson or a Yang, and it's it's not worked at all. Um, and I, I thought Mick's assessment of Palmer was pretty fair. I think Celtic fans want to will Palmer into existence in terms of his ability. There has been plenty of moments and really good crosses, uh, clever assists, good goals. But I think over a full game, I think that lack of pace as well is noticeable. And I think Celtic really a wide player and a, and a striker now as well. And for a long time, I was probably dismissive of the need. I thought oh, Kyogo owes it, but it's not It's not happening right now as well. So I think that's three areas of the team. I think left-back's vital. I know there's been a long push for Joe Hart for um, a new number one. I think that has to happen. But I think Hart's form's been pretty good. I know I've seen him getting some flack for the Kingsley goal being too far. But he made a lot of good saves. He's made a lot of good saves against Feyenoord. I, I think he's had a, a, a pretty decent couple of weeks. Um, so I think that's maybe something else that might have to wait again. But the needs there, and as Mick says, the league's definitely not over. Far from it. Obviously, they're still went, they're up five points, even with games in hand. They beat Rangers and the narrative shifts again. That's the way Scottish football works. But there's a feeling that's real about their Celtic team amongst supporters and onlookers that it's been something's not working and it has to be addressed. And this perfect opportunity to do so when the window opens. It's it's, per, it's personnel. It's down to personnel. I mean, I mean Kyogo's not getting the, the goals, but he's not getting the supply that he got in the last couple of years. So they're not hitting the byline anymore. Yeah. Um, there's not enough. I mean, I think I think a guy like Arthur Johnson is a, is a pretty decent player, but he's not is not dynamic enough in the final third for Celtic. He's not done assist all season. Celtic fullbacks need to have assists. They need to be getting hitting the byline. I mean, even during um, Rogers' first spell. Have a look at the goals that, that Dembele scored for Celtic, right? About half of them are from cutbacks from the touch from the byline by Kieran Tierney, hitting the byline and getting the ball back to the six yard box and, and cut him folding off and putting it back in the net. And by the way, the same with Kyogo, many goals he scored in the last two seasons, cutting across that near post, getting that ball, whipped across from a from, from a tight angle. Um it's not happening as, as much this season. Um because it's personnel. Um the fullbacks that's not, I'm, 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 I think Greg Taylor has been a great Celtic player. I, still, I think he's, he's still got a very big role to play. I think, I think the burden on him is too much. He's playing too often. Um, last year he played a lot through the injury as well. Uh, he could do with help, basically. I don't, I don't think he needs, he needs competition. He needs help, I think, as well. The other side, 
I think it's a bad quality required. I don't think Uranus has been replaced. Um, I think he's a better uh, option in the final third. Um, the wingers, Abada's not there who can hit a byline. Um, obviously, Hatati's a big miss as well, but Hatati wasn't playing at the start of the season either. Um, so it, it's, per- it is, it's a personnel thing as much as anything. Um, you can only play... I'm I'm, I'm, I'm to use the old... Um, is it the old John... Old Dick Campbell line, you can only you can only pee with the you've got. Um, as I said, there's a bit of that. See, then you say it, I'm going to beat myself out. Um, there's a bit of that with Celtics, and I do have a bit of sympathy for, for, for Rogers in that respect because he's trying to get the opportunities, guys, but they may, may not get the, the, the talent set to do it. Uh, and it's it's affecting guys like Kyogo. Um, he's not getting, he's, I mean, he, he's not a guy, not a great guy for getting involved in the game anyway, never has been, but. Give him a couple of chances and he'll take one of them, but he's not getting the chances at the moment. He's not getting three or four or five great chances a game, maybe one or two. Um, and it's, it's it's definitely having an effect on the, on, the, on the team in general. But that's that's these are areas that need to be addressed. See, to finish, guys, I think we, we touched on it a minute ago there. Uh, this could all flip in its head again because Celtic, of course, are playing Rangers on, on the 30th. Before then, they've got Livingston at home. Livingston haven't scored a goal in seven games which is pretty remarkable, um, and Dundee away, which won't be easy. They're having a really good season under, under Tony Doherty. But this could all change in its head. I mean, Rangers are on a high at the moment. Yet yeah, they've got the trophy in that. But that Rangers team is no great. That, that Rangers team isn't a great team. Celtic Celtic should still ease. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Celtic, I would make favourites for the, the league personally still at the moment. Um. <laughs> Sorry, and I'll put you both. Yeah, in the I, I mean, I, I think I take a point. There's a lot could change. I think a lot could change. And when Celtic could quite easily go, win, take six points from six, um, that Livingston game is going to be one of those horrible Christmassy games, isn't it? Wow. It's going to be freezing cold, and, and it's like scratching it up. But folk going Christmas shopping, the empty seats and all that stuff, and that's going to be all those horrible, horrible afternoons. You can just see that one just now. Um, <laughs> and I think they could go and scratch out a result. I mean, they've got momentum now, confidence. It's a whole new ball game now. Plus, that's a, the game's become dangerous because if Celtic, if it's not going well in that, that game, having a full house to yourself is great when you're flying. I mean, Celtic, when they, they won the games 4-0 and 3-0 in front of full houses and all that stuff, it was part of the atmosphere. That's all very well and good. When it goes wrong, we saw it across the city. When Celtic won, the place went toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, that could quite easily happen as well uh, if it doesn't go well in that game. Um, but they could get through it, and but it, it, it still would be papering over the cracks because there's still so much work being done. Um, and like you say, these are not what it's not a one off when it's happening every second week. Um, so it, it won't change anything. Um, and they've, they've got to assume that Rangers are going to kick on and improve as well as squad in January. I mean, they've got to get the car at this Champions League uh, next year as well, and now believe they're in a fight for the title, having. Pretty much thought in September this year was a write-off. Pretty much writing it off. Same as last season, almost writing it off. Uh, in that stage, thinking, well, it's not going to happen this year. Give the guy a chance to get his feet and get a challenge next year. Whereas that now, it's a live fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the moment, Celtic look fairly ill-equipped for it. Aye. I mean, I think um, to finish off, guys, I think whatever happens, it won't be boring. Um, I dare say we'll be back next week with a, another festive edition of the, of the Record Celtic podcast. Uh, Mick, Graham, it's always a pleasure. Thanks very much for joining us. 
Uh, and I should say for everyone listening, you can find the latest and latest Celtic news on Record Sport Online. Thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Thank you.